I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I really want to stop, but I just got the taste for it, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. A draw for Forest, a win for Palace, and a big one at Old Trafford tonight. It's Wednesday, 19th of October. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. What a wonderful Wednesday. It's yeah. Mitvok, everybody, and we're here. Little Brucey bonus ramble. Little Jepson at the start as well. Little Carly Ray, Jimmy. Yeah. She's back on tour. Uh-huh. Yeah, Are you going to go and see her? I'm not. don't even know who she is, do you? I know she is, but Get I'm not going to go and see her on tour. Ooh. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets now. Exactly. Yeah. Eh? They're available. They must be. They must be. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> That's what Jim's thinking. <laughs> Pete, Pete will already be fuming listening to that. Yeah, he will. But all our old memes are belong to us, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> And what about last night's highlights, Jim? Do they belong to us as well? Um, or do they belong I mean, to Crystal Palace? If they become available as NFTs, I won't be in the market. <laughs> That's still a thing. It feels like it's not a thing I anymore. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think is it's, it should be classified as daylight robbery if it's not. But okay, there we are. That's just my opinion. <laughs> you look really worried when he said that. Yeah. Well, like, you looked at me as if to say, Don't you do realise that lawyers can get you. I didn't realise that I'd wielded so much power. Uh, yeah. I did. Highlights well, of last night. Do you want me to give you one? And if you could put your trousers back on, I won't have the fear no, in my eyes. No, <laughs> no, I've not got my trousers off. Let's have a little highlight from last night. Um, bloke in the crowd in the Nottingham Forest end, mm-hmm. behind the goal, dressed as Brian Clough. Nice. nice. Green very jumper, nice. collar up. It's quite common, though, isn't it? It's a very obvious thing, mm. a very obvious decision by an older gentleman yeah. who I like to think was thinking, what I'm watching here is a load of old shit. <laughs> and I don't care that we're back in the Premier League because in my day, mm. it was better because the manager was coming onto the pitch and punching the fans. <laughs> and I think that's the kind of energy yeah. that I needed oh, yeah. watching that game. Yes. Uh, although, actually, to be fair, it wasn't a terrible nil-nil. Um, I just it just caught the eye, so I thought I'd mention it. You say you say it's, it's quite a common thing. There are many many listeners out there in our in our yeah. football ramble community who won't be aware of that. So I thought I'd mention it as a as a national, very, you know, kind I, of very mm, public service. I should have clarified. Brian Clough cosplay. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah, I, I should have said it was very common among uh, the Forest fans, of course. Mm. Which, but you're right to clarify. And of course, it was the, um, the before we, uh, we we'll have a highlights from Jim and I. But it was the Brian Clough Derby, of course. I think it's Derby County fans call it when Brighton play Forest. Yeah, they do definitely. Yeah. Jim, highlight from you. <laughs> well, it's actually related to that. It was um, Brennan Johnson. Um, with absolutely no support, having mm. a shot that went out for a throw, yeah. and that being yeah. probably their best moment. And the, I, just when that, when that happened, I was making a cup of tea in the kitchen, and the radio commentator, I can't remember it was now, but he's very good, the Five Live guy, and um, he got so excited that Brandon Johnson was kind of in and had a chance mm. that he uh, he said something like, <laughs> something like, Brandon Johnson and very nearly scored. And mm. the co-commentator went, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> went out for a throw in. And then Alistair Bruce Borsa, he just went, oh yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it looked weird though. It, it, did look, it was a weird angle. Position. Yeah, it, it did. And, but at the same time, as you've rightly pointed out, Jim, mm. quite literally went out for a it throw It was in. a shot that went out for a throw. Yeah, 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 there's yeah, simply yeah. no getting away from it. Which that. used to be shameful when I played. I mean, when I was, oh, when I was well. playing with my mates, like you get a piss properly ripped 
ribbed out of you for that. I mean, if you're at a very tight angle and you, you flash it across goal, yeah. that's maybe forgivable. It's sort, yeah. sort of what happened, but still. Yeah. To an extent. Well, exactly. Yeah. It was a, it was an evening that was low on highlights, and here we find ourselves. <laughs> um, my highlight was the guy behind the goal, yes. dressed in a flat cap and a moustache like Frank Clark. Okay, yeah. and a bit like Ned Flanders with the green jumper. <laughs> yeah, um, and the fans were singing, come on, Forrest, Frankie Clark. Now you're talking. Which apparently never happened. Uh, no, not according to my sources. Tom Wally, who does a lot of the editing and productions mm-hmm. for us here, um, mm-hmm. he's a big lifelong Forest fan. He's, he's never heard of that chant. I also ran it by a Forest fan I know who's not, not heard of it. So this is... Well, I think we've heard enough from the experts Forest <laughs> fans, haven't we? I, I would rather listen we went, to someone who went is, once when they were very young. <laughs> exactly. Now, totally. <laughs> totally. And I, I think move on to my highlight? No, because I want to make a final point <laughs> that when we first heard about that, Marcus brought it to the table about 10 yeah. years ago and yeah. I really went with it's it. I, I was on board with it and it was great. And, we, and I think it's one of those situations where the truth should not get in the way of a good story. No, absolutely right. Welcome to the Football Ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the highlight was, I mean, it would have been everybody's highlight had it have gone in, but it still remains my highlight was the uh, Odson Eduard overhead kick yeah, for nice. Palace. Yeah, just, I love nice. it when Palace click. They've got lots of, considering where they are in the table, and having been relegated and promoted a few times in, in the last sort of, I don't know, 10 years or whatever it's been, um, they do have some very lovely players who Definitely. are easy on the eye. But we will get to that uh, in a moment because, uh, of course, it's been a busy week for football. Lots to talk about. You know, matches last night, there's matches uh, tonight. But but I think one of the big stories that, that concerns everybody who listens to this podcast, and I love our listeners, I really do. It was wonderful to be with them in, 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 in some of them in the pub on Sunday. And I understand the vast majority of our listeners weren't there. But my my goodness, you are a beautiful bunch and you prove yourself that every time we meet you. But um, I think it's my duty uh, to, to, to inform you all that Inter Miami's playoff dream has come to an end. Um, Fizzers boys lost 3-0 in the first round of the playoffs against New York City FC. It's a great game uh, that, that uh, you know, Inter could, you know, against New York City and and, and, and they played um, in the right spirit, but they, they lost 3-0 and, and it's the end of, of, of their season and it's also the end of Gonzalo Higuain's footballing career. He broke into tears, burst into tears rather at yeah. the final whistle well, most of those tears will be for fizzer won't they I, I imagine they were so. fizzing very much <laughs> I can't do with, it I can't, pure emotion. I can't make this a joke because mm. I, I read the full interview with Higuain <clears> and it was so touching and so emotionally driven mm. and he, was, he has been such a good player that I can't turn this into a piss take of Phil Neville why would you Exactly. Well, that's a good point. Actually. I don't think you can anyway. I'm going to do an amnesty, please, for one show only on yep. ripping the piss out of Phil Never, out of respect for Gonzalo Higuain's career. Well, he said, "I felt like what I had loved the most as a job has ended. It was half my life, my career, seventeen and a half years. I'm leaving very happy because I gave it all. Yeah. until today. Very touching. And, and mm. I, you know, the only thing I can add, because mm. I'm going to do an amnesty here, as I said, the only thing I can add is that to celebrate his career, um, Phil Never had a wank on the beach. <laughs> Gonzalo, yeah. come down. Come, come. Whether it was in New York, wasn't it? The match. Come yeah. down, come down, Brighton Beach. <laughs> is it Brighton Beach in New York? Yeah, Basically, I know. I think I've gone mad and harking back to explain Brighton. everything. I do to some listeners because I think and I thought you were done talking about Brighton Forest. No, no, it's a different one. Yeah, and off they went. Um, big to, shoes uh, for Ronaldo to fill. Very big, yeah. very big indeed. All right, sure gentlemen, Fizzer can convince him exactly. From 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 Fizzer's uh, spunk on Brighton Beach, we go to uh, Brighton nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Brighton will be disappointed not to have beaten Forest at home, of course. Um, now, I, this was brought to my attention uh, to uh, from 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 my old mate Tom, who's a big Derby fan, and he said that Forest have mirrored 
Derby County's away draw 15 years ago that took them up to six points in the Premier League. That's when Derby had that dreadful season, of yeah. course. Yeah, they are desperate to offload that onto someone yes. else. And and so and of almost course, make it worth it if it was Forest, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think they, if they if they were going to choose a team to offload oh, onto, yeah. completely. I think that's yeah. why he was quick to point this out. Yeah. But yes, so 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 Forest drawing at this time of the season to take them to six points is exactly what happened to Derby County. in, yeah. that, in that eleven point season they had, they played against Fulham on the twentieth of October mm. in two thousand seven. And yeah, as you say, moved up to 19th. Mm. I, I would be very, very happy to go on record here to say that I think they will get more than 11 points this season <laughs> and they will win more than one game because I think Derby mm. only won one game, didn't they? And it was eight draws to get yeah. their 11 points. Uh-huh. But uh, not that anyone's ever saying that. But what was the makeup of the 11 points? Well, it was one <laughs> win and eight draws. Not so bad. Yeah, no exactly. one's saying that. I'm beating in nine. I think Forrest... <laughs> I think Forrest will beat will 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 beat that actually. <laughs> well, Forrest and Brighton have only scored one goal between them in their last three games. Brighton recorded more than fifty shots in that time, but failed to score from any of them. Yeah. Now, Jewel said on Monday that she was a bit concerned about Brighton. Obviously, great start under Potter and Deserby's come in and, and seemed to, you know, to, to the untrained eye, seemed to be kind of carry on where he left off. But it's not quite the case. Well, that that haunted them last year, didn't it? This this uh, inability to actually get the ball in the net. And I think actually, it's very obviously it's easy to to criticise, but it's because it's very difficult to get a, mm. a, a striker who is going to consistently get you, like say, I don't know, twenty goals in the Premier League. Very very difficult comes at a premium, but they they haven't done that, have they? And mm. I, I suppose what you need to do is find someone who you maybe take a little bit of a gamble on, or. Or, or, yeah, but or Potter what, was getting what, goals with them at the start of the season, so they've yeah, goals in yeah. this team. No, that's actually, the well, they were spreading it around really well, weren't they? But um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how they solve this problem. I guess it's just about Deserby getting back into or getting his feet under the table and, and figuring out how they were spreading the goals around so effectively in the first place. Maybe but, they maybe they need a good booing like well, they did last time. If you, you remember think, that, that kind yeah, of spurred, well, you advocate for that, do you? <laughs> What's interesting is that the, the last three seasons. Right in the Premier League with 39 goals, 40 goals, 42 goals. And mm. then, they, as you said, they started quite brightly mm. um, this season. And you, you get the impression with Potter, he's always kind of learning, he's always adapting, he knows what he wants to do, and he's clearly a very thoughtful guy. And I think part of this last night, again, they get into a position, they have chances, they don't have someone who can put the ball into the back of the net consistently. But I'm not really sure if any... That many teams do have that in the Premier League, anyway. Oh, not, so, not at a certain point, in the and league, it just no. becomes a bit of a narrative because of what's happened with Brighton before. But it also feels it, it kind of feels like they don't have a focal point, though. Well, Welbeck is the, Welbeck thing, is their focal it? point, but he's not a goal scorer. Mm. Well, so yeah, he'll run all day. He'll 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 really work the mm. defense the, the defensive line. He'll, he'll he's game, and he and he's a really important player for them. I know you're a fan of his Marcus, mm. but he's not a goal scorer. He never really has been. Has no, he? I think I mean, the likes of Trossard and McAllister have chipped in, but they're going to have to change it. I mean, or they're going to have to find where those goals were coming from because. As I say, the start of the season they've had. I mean, like, I don't. I don't think they're going to go down. I think you know they they, they seem sort of too good. But you know, you don't want to go on a bit of a slump. You know, it's four wins, uh, four matches without a win in, in the league, and uh, hopefully um, he can he can pick it up a bit because as I say, the start they made was was, was yeah. so and good. It is worth pointing out that Dean Henderson had a fantastic game. He did. He, he made some good saves. Trossard had a couple of good well not good chances but like yeah. excellent shots essentially that, that, that Henderson was was uh, equal to so on another know. day Jim indeed on another day uh, Crystal Palace beat, it's not this one no Crystal Palace beat Wolverhampton Wanderers 2-1 at uh, Selhurst Park Wolves opened the scrum with a very rare goal away from home uh, in the league for them and an even rarer goal for Adama Traore which was his first ever headed goal 
Yeah. How about that? I remember being at um, the old Highbury Stadium for Thierry Henry's first headed goal for Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Sim- similar players. Yeah. <laughs> similar goal return. Um, uh, well, hey, similar. Barcelona alumni. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There are some similarities there. Wide, wide forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know what Henry's goals per match percentage was in the Premier League, mm. uh, but Traore's is 0.05. So they might. <laughs> They might, they might be similar. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> are you saying that there's a chance that Troy might have a statue at yeah. some point? Um, but yes, uh, so it was It was nice to see. Because I think he sometimes flatters to deceive a little bit. I remember when he got two goals at the Etihad uh, when uh, Wolves won 2 0. I'm pretty sure he scored two. He definitely got the second. Uh, and obviously, very pacey. He played at Barcelona not that long ago. But when you look at his stats, considering where he plays and how he plays, they're not actually that great. No, um, I, th- I think um, he. That's a really, obviously, a really weak part of his game. Yeah. He's obviously got a lot of talent, a lot of ability, and the and the prospect of it. But he's a weird player in a way that it, the prospect of him mm. is more frightening than the, the result. Yeah. Is, it, is it the muscles? Maybe. Well, maybe. I mean, look, he's a physical specimen. He's he he makes really good, intelligent, quick runs, and he gets rid of good positions. I'd like to see him get in that position more. It's a real hallmark of a great wide player yeah. that they appear at the back stick at the right time for mm-hmm. a cross to come in from the other side. You've yeah. really got, he doesn't really do that at all. No, you're absolutely And, and right. so if he, did, if he did that more, he'd be in a position to get more goals. I think he's got um, he's got 12 in the 161 Wolves games, and he's got two in his last 42. Mm. His, his assist-making um, numbers aren't very good either. Yeah. So it's just a bit of, of, of a kind of the end product type thing that we need to, he needs to improve. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Well, Palace came back to win 2-1. Uh, they have now come from behind in every Premier League match they've won so far this season. Zaha scored his fifth goal of the season, which is more than Wolves. Wow. <laughs> the Zaha goal was, was interesting, wasn't it? Because it was kind of, it was one of those instances where it's like, it's so obvious where he's going. Yeah. Like, it's so, so clear where he's running. He's like it, it's, There's only one place he's going to go and still they just kind of was like, oh, they it was, played, it was so was, calm, was there, wasn't it? They play the, some great stuff. They, they do. do. But, the, yeah. but the ball play to him was like you would, if you're a Wolves of fan you would think come on somebody intercept that and the Wizard yeah. very calmly took it and then slotted it home it wasn't a slot it was a rifle well uh, well I'm Come on, a slot can be a rifle, can't it? I think it was more of a rifle than a slot for me. Well, okay. He lashed fine. it. He didn't need to lash it, no. but he did anyway. He's, Bit of a flourish. Yeah, well, Patrick Vieira said when Zaha plays well, the team plays well. He's I so agree with important that. to them. But you've got Eze as well. Eze's goal was great as well. Lovely little header. Lovely, yeah, but just, what are you, you talking about wingers getting on the end of the back stick? I mean, point in case there. Well, he's other side, header, same kind of vibe. Exactly. The, the Wolves goal was a goal of great quality too. Um, Eze's having a really good season. I love yeah, I the way he carries the ball. He's so much fun to watch. I think he's going to contribute a lot this season. That uh, he's he already. I think he's already posting high numbers, and mm. he posted the whole of last season. By the way, Wilfred Zaha, it was his fifth goal of the season. Only Harry Kane, Song Heung-min, Ivan Tony, and Erling Haaland have scored more goals in the Premier League than him in 2022. Yeah, and given that he's not, I mean, a lot of those players you're listing there, three of those players you're listing there are really full-on strikers. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Speaking of strikers, Diego Costa missed a good chance, didn't he, to get his first Wolves goal? Yeah. Speaking of players who the prospect of playing against them is far easier than the reality, <laughs> far harder than the reality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it angered Ali McCoyst on comms. Yeah. And so he should have done it. It was there to be hit, then he, and he went back I, on. I, I love the Amazon Prime broadcast, because I'll, t- I'll be honest with you guys, very, very briefly, because we want to talk about Man United, I know that. And, and uh, You see the games are on Amazon Prime. The Amazon Prime setup's great. And I think many people listening to this will go... I looked at what games were on last night and my heart just sank. And I was the same. I thought, I've got to watch them and I've got to talk about them tomorrow. My heart sank. I said on Twitter, there's going to be not very many goals and the rest of it. Yeah, um, but there's going to be Coisty on comms. They treat, no, it's not just that. They treat it like an Ali McCoy's roadshow. Of course, at one good. point in the post match, mm. the host, I think it was Gabby Logan, just looked across off camera and went, Ali, 
Put your luggage down. Come over. <laughs> and he just shuffles on. How you doing? It's great. Get more Ali. Yeah. Get him in there. Get, Get him on every show. Every single show. He was show. human with Diego Costa. Every Amazon he was. show. Well, he, as he should have been. In yeah. rings of power. Get yeah. him in rings of power. I know. Well, will he be on comms for Manchester United versus Tottenham tonight? Hope so. It's a big one at 8.15. Uh, Manchester United, uh, yes. I mean, it's always a prospect going to Old Trafford. Antonio Conte said in the build-up to this, Manchester United will always be a monster that you have to go to fight. More Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> yeah, very I much love so. that. Um, he was also talking about how when he was a player, Sir Alex, Fer- Sir Alex Ferguson wanted to sign him. And I, I like that bit of mind games ahead of it. Well, he uh, also said big he man wasn't... wanted me in the good old days. But he did admit... Now I'm going to crush you. Yeah, but he did admit, Jim, that the agent might have just been saying that. Though. Oh, really? Yes. Did he know? So... Antonio Conte was he was a very he good was, midfielder and of course yeah. Manchester United and Juve had that huge rivalry in the 90s well he didn't go there as we all know <laughs> but he is going there tonight to have a fight with the ball what's scrambling my brains I'm looking at the probable lineup tonight and I'm seeing Scott McTominay in there yeah. so. <laughs> Lionheart himself yeah or Braveheart I should say because he's Scottish lest we forget um, but yes I mean, talking of uh, uh, managers and funny quotes in, in, in build ups to big games did you see what Xavi said before El Clasico on the weekend he said I don't know if it makes me horny but I like playing Real Madrid they lost 3-1. Yeah. <laughs> you want to figure that out before well, the next one. Well, he, he flopped. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, the, the Barcelona players couldn't um, follow the instructions because they were distracted by Xavi's full erection <laughs> throughout the entire game. Putting. Yeah. Uh, well, Tottenham start uh, tonight's game level on points with Manchester City. Of course, Manchester City and Arsenal. Uh, their match has been postponed this week due to Arsenal's rearranged Europa League game with a PSV. Which is a massive blow to football for fantasy Premier League fans everywhere. Everywhere. Um, yeah. Is this Spurs' chance to display their credentials for the title race, Jim Campbell? I think it is, yeah. And I think actually based on Spurs' form so far, I think that they have gone under the radar a little bit in terms of people backing them because the form looks like the baseline. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> the way look he said like... that though, Jim, was like, if you don't, can't beat Man United, forget it. You can't win the title. No chance. <laughs> if you can't beat Man United at Old Trafford, well, we be, couldn't do it. Sorry. Can't beat that mob. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with, do you know Spurs, what I mean by that? You, I do, because Spurs, whenever the chat is, everyone seems to be moaning about their performances and it's boring. Yeah. Still Which, winning, aren't I don't they? Quite, I don't think it's that bad. But uh, but you're right. Their their, their results and their position yeah. in the league has gone on the radar. Yeah, I think that they they go into most games as favourites to win them, and I think that's you know United you, you, Spurs. You, you oh, don't, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. You've not really said that much about them in, in the in the Premier League era. And like I say, this this doesn't look like it's a, a run of good form. Mm. It looks like a very very good team who are going to you know going to have the number of most other teams. So this will be a really interesting test of that, and I hope they fail. <laughs> I, 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 the thing with Spurs is it's, it's almost it's, it's very effective. So it's not really great. It's effective I, and it's efficient. Yeah, I don't particularly enjoy watching it. Mm. Um, but is it as bad as Mourinho Spurs? I, no, Mourinho Spurs was far more dirgy than this. I mean, results-wise, certainly it was with, with Conte. Um, with Conte is definitely a, a real plan. I, I, remember, I remember we talked about um, when they played against Arsenal and they were beaten, obviously at the Emirates, and we talked about the idea that if you spend that much time in your own penalty area in your own kind of final third. If against a good team, mm. you're just basically increasing the percentage chance of, of something bad happening to you. Mm. Um, but that aside, they seem very comfortable doing that generally. And if you look at the teams they've lost to really since the start of the season, it's only been um, sporting in that weird game away in the Champions League yeah. and then the Arsenal game. So, I mean, I, I think they're very much um, there or thereabouts. I, th- I said at the start of the season, I think they'll be the team that pushes Man City and Liverpool mm as far as possible I kind of underestimated Arsenal I think we all did mm. and we probably overestimated Liverpool so far but then Liverpool have ended seasons a lot stronger yeah. than they've started them kind of recently anyway so um, I do think it is a great, a great test of Tottenham's credentials yeah mm. to answer your question I've come all the way around again yeah. to the simple answer is yes it is a good test actually 
what will be a real test of how Spurs are viewed by by Man United and, and by the you know the teams that traditionally sit at the top of the table is uh, is what Eric Ten Hag wears. Because uh, yeah. sometimes he looks like a Bond villain with the old roll neck. He yeah. does. Other times he looks like a strict stepdad. Yeah. The, 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 I imagine a Bond villain would also be a pretty strict stepdad. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but, you know, but dressed, dressed around the house. Like, was, it, was it the Brentford game? Was essentially wearing like a polo shirt? Yeah. Just like, you know, my house, my rule sort of yeah. things. Not your yeah, house. 4 0. 4 0. Yeah. <laughs> I think a Bond villain, though, he wouldn't That's be there. That's a 4 0. Yeah. He yeah. wouldn't be there much. No, he wouldn't actually. Well, they're funny. So, at, the very, at the very most, he would be present but working in the basement yeah, indeed and it would be the basement well Luke Shaw's been talking about Eric Ten Hag uh, this week and he's saying that he's picking players on merit which uh, is an interesting approach for a manager um, Shaw suggested that hasn't always been the case in the past getting it's, chinned by Ronaldo uh, isn't indeed, it yeah. probably well, as we speak <laughs> he said the good thing with this manager is that if you're not playing well then you won't play in the past that's not always been the case but I think the good thing about this manager is that he's keeping everyone on their toes it's interesting isn't it so as People that consume a lot of football and talk about football a lot. It's very, in, very easy to sort of transpose these quite kind of clownish perceptions on clubs, and then you hear stuff like that from Man United. You think, no, it actually is a fucking shambles. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stuff that comes out of the club that's brief and that, you know, a lot of it is would be true. I think maybe we're being coloured a little bit by the fact that on the the opening day they lost at home to Brighton, mm. and Brighton really took it to them, didn't they? They mm. looked bad, United. I mean, they got away with a two-one defeat, really. Yeah. But then they have beaten Liverpool at home. They have beaten Arsenal at home since yeah. then. So I mean, you know, who knows what we're going to get? Indeed. Well, they are they are fifth Manchester United, and they've mm. won four of their last six in the league. So it's not all doom and gloom, but it could be tonight. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. This is stayed down. You would too, Chris. Yeah. You hit him in the penis.
Oh, <laughs> how about that, everybody? Welcome uh, back to the Football Ramble. On that, Ali McCoy's got a great way of um, referring to that, where I heard him on the radio once when someone got hit there, mm. and he said, uh, let's just say that shot missed both legs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Ooh, um, what you got in your hand, Jim? <laughs> it's an email. Oh, oh, thank God for that. Eric's been in touch. He says, hello, Ramblers. I'm a long-time listener from Dublin, but I have been living in the US since last year. You may know the US midterm elections are coming up, and one closely watched race is the Georgia Senate race. The incumbent and Democratic candidate is a man named Raphael Warnock. Every time his name pops up, I can't help but picture some kind of weird laboratory mashup combining Brazilian former Manchester United right-back Raphael and Neil Warnock into one person. The result is... in. The result in my mind is a horrifying combination of Raphael's lovely dark curls atop Neil Warnock's boiled ham-like features. Disrespectful to Neil. Mm-hmm. Great Which is yeah. fine. My first question is, how do I make this stop? Instead, I would like to imagine a different version of Raphael Warnock, with Raphael as the charismatic young presidential candidate and Neil Warnock as his experienced VP, not unlike Obama and Biden in 2008. So with that in mind, which current or former player-manager combination would you like to see come together to contest a US presidential mm. election? Jose Mourinho and John Terry. Very likeable. Yeah, I mean, they would they would be definitely on the Republican ticket. <laughs> yep. Uh, I I would I would say, do you know, what I would say it's, this is a, this is genuinely a great. Um, I think it's a genuinely a great shout. Bear in mind that none of them are eligible. Harry and Jim. No, no, the late Jim Smith. Got arrested. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, eagle, bold eagle. Mm. Um, Roy Hodgson and Danny Murphy. Love that. Roy Hodgson and Danny Murphy was in such symbiosis. They were. That Danny Murphy was allowed to change mm-hmm. formation on the pitch. Yes. If he felt like it was the way. He was like the on field general. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Danny, a lot of people don't like him as a, as a pundit. I understand that. I quite like him as a pundit. He's quite, he's quite clever. Yeah, I think he's all right. Roy's got a bit of steel about him, as we saw on the social media the oh other day. Oh, my goodness. That interview. We re upped the interview of him after West Brom beat, was it Bolton 2 1? I think it was. And he got the arsehole with the BBC reporter. And yeah. that infamous. Why doesn't anyone get pissed off with fucking Jeff Shreves? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But right, Hodgson, in that, in, that, in that clip, he does go from, as, a, as the, uh, the caption said on the ramble tweet uh, he goes from like lovely old sort of avuncular man to like proper heart what is man. it he actually yeah. says very quickly I think, you, I think you're taking a piss no, I love it how he says yeah. oh if you're going to be tricky with your questions <laughs> 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 yeah. it's a great old school underwear for yeah. you're going to be tricky with your questions <laughs> there's also that famous picture of him and Sammy Lee when they were oh, yeah. at Liverpool going goblin mode is yeah. really the only way to describe <laughs> every day, it so every there's, day there's some darkness in there isn't there yeah. every absolutely every day yeah. yeah. shuffling you're taking a piss I wasn't I think you are but the thing is yeah, he's a, but he also when he says you're gonna, if you're going to be tricky with your questions he's not said like solve this quadratic equation mm, no. he's, he's gone which mistake are you talking about Roy? which decision mm. I think it was yeah. and there was... is it always going to be 4-4-2 four, yeah. Four, yeah, at one point he's an effing penalty like, he properly gets angry Yeah, it's brilliant uh, we'll start again yeah. we'll start again yeah. but there was also a moment I think it might be mentioned on Monday with with um, with Pep getting the, getting like being just absolutely stunned by the stupidity of Jeffrey <laughs> yeah. which I bloody enjoyed well I would actually go for Pep and um, Nathan Redmond yeah, it's right. <laughs> he would be very much like Redmond's trying to give a talk, and Pep would just be like popping out, going, "Why are you not saying that about the the policies?" No, and no, so. no it, w- it would be Pep asked to give a speech, and all he would do is say, "I love this player so much. I just love him so much." <laughs> you should vote for him, yeah, uh, Jim. Who you reckon? It's got to be the Acardis for me. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I know them. Wanda's not a, not a manager, but she is. Yeah, you, yeah you've, 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 not, not, you've not answered the question. He's a self-appointed, a he's a self-appointed um, <laughs> Acardi family uh, correspondent. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right up your alley. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Marcus doesn't like it because it's post two thousand two. And also, I think it's just. Do quite, you rally G? I, I think 
I think it's just quite a sad story, that's why. Was it, was They're it? desperately in love. Were they yeah. burning their furniture They've got recently? kids together. They were burning their furniture, yeah. It's yeah, it's great stuff, man. And the, like, the fire brigade went down to monitor it. Yeah. So I don't really know what that means. Like, <laughs> oh, they're at it again. Yeah, it's definitely a fire. Yeah. No, yeah. There we are. It's too get, dangerous to get in touch. Uh, well, you need to get in touch get with in us close, uh, if you want uh, to contribute that kind of nonsense. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Uh, tonight, Newcastle versus Everton. How about that, everybody? Speaking about your heart sinking. Indeed, yeah. Um, got this from uh, Steve. Uh, Steve got in touch saying, am I the only one getting massive Tim Sherwood vibes from Frank Lampard with the inept managerial performances and the G-Lay? Steve, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was inevitable. We yeah. talked about this for years. Is it always going to happen? Very much like, um, I believe, Lucifer was the fallen angel mm-hmm. in the biblical stories. I think Frank is destined to fall at some point. Right. To Tim Sherwood levels, um, not a great analogy. Ah, you know, listen, stick around, mate. Well, well Steve, a lot worse than that. I think Steve has not heard you mention uh, that uh, you often say yeah, uh, Frank Lampard is Tim Sherwood with A levels, and there's absolutely no place for new listeners on this show. I've made it very clear. <laughs> no, Steve, you've definitely you're not the only one getting massive Tim Sherwood vibes. Although Tim Sherwood was coincidentally this very morning yeah. on Talksport um, giving his. I don't, by the way, I'll preface this by saying I have no idea why this was happening. I have no idea why um, people thought that it's a good idea mm. to get Tim Sherwood to do this, but they did. Well, they're chucking us a bone for our Lions Watch podcast, maybe. True, we actually, can unpick yeah. Tim Sherwood's little, little steer. <laughs> uh, and Tim gave his um, Tim gave his um, gave his first eleven England eleven. Mm. I'm not sure why. I think he did something mad, like dropped. Raheem Sterling or something. Heskey's up for uh, it. <laughs> himself in the middle. Uh, <laughs> and managing. And and I, th- I think that Tim, I think that, you know, I think Frank and Tim's, uh, they're almost, here's another analogy for you. Mm. They're star-crossed lovers like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. Or Marrow and Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both won the Premier League. What? Wanda Romeo and Cardi? Juliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think, um, I think it's right to say that Tim Sherwood's definitely, uh, definitely similar in, in, in manner and, and, we, and we've said that for a while. Indeed, yeah. Well, back-to-back defeats for Everton. Uh, that that's halted their momentum, of course, which they had been building under Frank Lampard. They were picking up the speed of a runaway freight train until then. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, that is too far. Uh, Newcastle are unbeaten in five, currently flying high in sixth place. Bloody Nora, when did they get up there? Which is exactly where I put them in my Premier League predictions. Oh, don't tell us. On the table thing. Well, no, well, we, we went out on social media, our table. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, so oh. I, I had Newcastle in sixth, and there I, we are. Because I was just going to lie when it got to the end of the season. Oh, yeah, I had them yeah. all right again. I had Arsenal top at Christmas as well. Mm. How about that, Jimmy? Yeah. Um, now, gentlemen, let's get down to more serious matters. On Monday, uh, you, Vish, uh, Jules and Pete discussed Jurgen Klopp's comments suggesting that clubs such as Manchester City, Newcastle and Paris Saint-Germain can do what they want financially. Uh, well, Klopp's comments um, were a reaction, of course, to Newcastle Sporting Director Dan Ashworth saying that the club has no ceiling. Well, Newcastle boss Eddie Howe has now weighed in. I tend to think with old Eddie that he he shouldn't weigh in on things like this. And, old Eddie? Yeah. Harsh. And, uh, well, and, his, and his quote kind of, I, I think, backs me up. He says, I'm aware that one or two comments might not have been totally accurate. And that's when I have to stand up for my football club. What Dan meant was there was no ceiling to our ambition long term, but the reality of what we are working towards and working with, there is a ceiling. 
financial fair play. Uh, incidentally, quite recently, UEFA found uh, PSG to have been in breach of its uh, financial fair play regulations and demanded €65 million Euros by way of financial settlement, which will really, really bother the Qataris in charge, I'm sure. Uh, and Manchester City, along with a number of other clubs, narrowly escaped a fine. But there has often been talk about Manchester City breaching financial fair play. Yeah. There's ongoing investigations there, da 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 The reality is, with FFP, it's come under a lot of scrutiny and... You know, a 65 million euro fine will be a huge for most clubs. Yeah. For PSG, I, I it, it, you know, they have they have a, they have a bottomless pit of cash, and I think that's what Klopp's getting at. I yeah. I, I have to say what what Pete was saying on Monday. I, I actually disagree because you can't divorce the political and the what they spend on transfers when it comes to these clubs. It's all it's it for me. It's all as one. Um, if you're backed by a state or a government, it's just. It it's is, not the same as it, generating your own money. It's it, totally right, yeah. And I know that, you know, I always point people in the direction of Miguel Delaney, um, the journalist, of course, who often con- contributes to On the Continent with this. And and unfortunately, Miguel gets like a lot of crap on Twitter, but then don't we all uh, to an extent? But I, I, I do agree with, with what he says about this and, and what Klopp was kind of saying. I know that some people might say it's slightly <laughs> hypocritical if Klopp spent a lot of money. That's actually not really the point. Um, the, the point is that this is just this is just ridiculous. A, a government should not be in charge of a football club. I think there's two. I think there's two. There's a lot of stuff to unpick. There. I think there's two two main things I would say. One is that you know the new financial sustainability rules that came in of June June of this year. Yeah. Effective, I guess, to replace financial fair play, mm-hmm. but to make as as the name probably suggests, to make it more, more sustainable. Mm. The issue is two pronged. One is that clubs are always going to find a way to get around them. Mm-hmm. The same way that. You know, a corporation will find a way to of get course, those tax yeah. rules. Mm, yeah. And um, secondly, to financially penalise people, as you've already alluded to, who are the main problem is they're so rich that they can't really be penalised. Mm. It's kind of pointless. Yeah. But you have to have a bit of sympathy with with um, with what UEFA are trying to do because it's very difficult for yeah. them to because the clubs no, have it a lot is. of the power. Yeah. And then and then and the whole the whole European Super League thing rears mm. its head again. That's that's what I would say on that. Um, and I agree with you around about Miguel. He's always been ahead of the curve on this, and always been like fighting the good fight in in the face of what I think is actually, frankly, some quite un, un, unacceptable um, criticism. Mm. And and secondly, going back to the Eddie Howe thing, mm. Eddie Howe, I don't have too much sympathy for because he knew when he made the full and frank decision with his eyes open to take this job mm. and work effectively for this regime, he was at the very least mm-hmm. going to have to answer questions like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, I, I do think actually, having said, seen the quotes, I do think he's right about what Dan Ashworth meant mm. in terms of ambition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. chose his words very mm. clumsily. Mm. And again, if he's also going to work for that regime, he's going to expect to come under mm. extraordinary scrutiny. And I'll just go back um, before I hand over to Jim. I'll just go back very quickly to what I said at the start of all this. It shouldn't be upon Eddie Howe. No. Uh, or any supporter or any player to have to deal with this shit, but unfortunately it is. And he knew that going into it. Mm. Because there's not efficient regulation and efficient kind of leadership at the top of the game, these things are going to come up, come up over and over again and we're going to have to cover them, sadly, ad infinitum in the World Cup as well. Yeah, it's and it's very obvious which way the wind is blowing with Newcastle, isn't it? Like how we're saying, you know, we, we, what he's talk, what Klopp is talking about is not the reality of what things are like at this club. We're, we're you know, working at a, a training ground that's being renovated. We've spent a similar amount to, you know, to other Premier League clubs it's like that's the point isn't it the training ground is being upgraded mm. now and you are spending more than you were under Ashley and obviously Ashley was a ridiculous kind of situation but mm. they are clearly 
starting to spend money. It's going to go the way of, or, or the intention is certainly the way for it to go the way that City is going. It's like it's just it it's it just seems naive to me from Eddie Howe. But there's yeah. also two um, aspects of that as well, Jim. One is the idea if you take one part of it and you go, do you want the richest clubs to always win? Well, which is basically yeah. what happens. There's a great correlation between wages mm-hmm. and how much you can afford to pay and the facilities and, and how teams do. If the answer, I personally don't really want that. I think it takes the, the it takes the kind of enjoyment and the interest out of it. But the second point, in addition to that, is should, as you've already mentioned, Marcus, mm. should governments, essentially sovereign wealth funds, should regimes, should countries be involved in this? No. Which is a slightly sort of point. But the answer is clearly no. Yeah, exactly. But there's been I mean, insufficient the leadership. Bought a football club or something. I know that's a stupid. Well, 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 but, but it's past. not. Yeah, well, it's it's not it's not that dissimilar to what's going on. I found I mean, they are a big fan of several billion pounds worth of black holes. So <laughs> I mean, just be another one on the list. Indeed, stick indeed, it on the yeah. pile. But I, I found uh, I mean, Eddie Howe also sort of had a little bit of a dig at Jurgen Klopp's behaviour on the touchline the other day. Klopp uh, winding everyone up left, right, and centre. Well, I, I like just it. thought I just thought be careful taking Eddie. no prisoners this season. Well, because Klopp's been banned, hasn't he, from the touchline as well? And I just thought be careful, Eddie. You know, you... but that, that to me is just different characters. Like I don't, Eddie Howe's clearly not that type of character. Jurgen mm. Klopp is, and, mm. and when Jurgen Klopp's behaviour in that game against Man City. To, to be fair to, I think he kind, I think he kind of lets himself down sometimes, Klopp. Yeah. But I think in that situation, straight after the game, when because obviously he got sent mm. off, he said, you know, I regret it. I, you know, I can't remember the exact words he used, but he said something like, "I'm a bit embarrassed about it." You he know, was a bit remorseful. Well, yeah, one of those things. He's just into it, and if he has to take his fine, and he has to take his um, take his punishment, and he has to take it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Klopp is also um, taking legal action against claims that uh, uh, some figures at Manchester City accused him of. of saying that he's borderline xenophobic and irresponsible when he was talking about Sydney's ownership model. So we'll see how the, that the, the, unfolds. It's, them saying all of those things, it, it's disgraceful. It's just it's a just PR machine. To, yeah, it's, it's just just a disgusting. PR yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. Also, there's, this has been widely reported that, like, essentially, and it, it's interesting because it's been reported as being anonymous, but there was talk that... Um, Klopp's comments before the game are, are essentially being have been painted as some sort of justification for the chance and the graffiti that was that was left in in uh, the away end at, at Anfield, and it's like that is mm. it's insidious. That. Re- reference to the um, the Hillsborough disaster, basically. yeah, yeah. The, the idea that anyone could even float the idea that that Klopp talking about City's financial situation mm. could could have prompted that as any sort of ju- justification, no matter how abstract, it's, it's just disgraceful. I totally and, agree. And it's, it's getting to a really low point in mm. discourse in football. And here's, the, and here's the power of sports washing right now. Anyway, chaps, what do you think of uh, the game tonight, Newcastle yeah. versus Everton? Yeah, because yeah, we, we're putting that, yeah. put that position, aren't we? Yeah. We're putting that position. What do I think about the game tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, Newcastle will be favourites. Yeah, they will be, absolutely. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can we call this the Duncan Ferguson derby? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So halftime entertainment is that. Um, so you do the dizzy, you do the dizzy stick. Oh, yeah. So you spin around the dizzy stick. Yeah, yeah. And whereas normally when you spin around the dizzy stick at halftime, you have to take a penalty. You have to avoid big dunk. You get head, just get headbutted yeah. in the face. <laughs> You don't know where it's coming from because mm. you're so dizzy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim, do Everton you better have get a, a result. <laughs> <laughs> you better get any fucking results. Jim, <laughs> do Everton have a chance here? In the Big, in the big dunk derby, uh, um, no, in the, in the, the dizzy, dizzy, dizzy stick. All <laughs> oh, right, no, I was sorry. I was thinking about a Duncan Ferguson escape room where, like, you've got, basically got Robbie's house. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, but you can't. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. On the pitch, though. on the pitch, um, I it, it feels like a Newcastle win, doesn't it? We were saying the other day they feel a little bit ahead of schedule in terms of where their their stated aim is, and, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, what, what Jim? What I find interesting is the idea that Overton have been relatively robust defensively, as we've covered before, right? Mm-hmm. So they they seem to be able to defend. Clearly, that's partly because they've brought in players that can 
of seasoned Premier League defensive-minded players. But what I also find fascinating is that, and this is something that you can cut across Lampard and Gerrard, mm-hmm. is there doesn't seem to be any coherent pattern of play going forward. So, yeah. so, so Lampard, I know, I know they've struggled with uh, the fact that Dominic Calvert-Lewin's out and he's been a real focal point for them. I know players like Andros Townsend have been out, but they don't, they seem to be, it's almost as if, and, and Forrest were a bit like this yesterday. It was almost, it was almost like, yes, we can do this if we sit really deep and we stick to our task and we work on it all week in training and get those mm. patterns right. But once we go forward, Jim mentioned this at the start of the show, we don't really know what we're doing. Yeah. And when you cast that across to what Forrest were like last season, like yeah, third yeah, high yeah. scorers in the championship, mm. you know, playing amazing football, embarrassed Arsenal as well, didn't they? You know, yeah. it's 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 a really interesting juxtaposition. So Everton, you could say that about Aston Villa, even though they've signed amazing amounts of, of, of forward players, and, yeah. and Gerrard's been really backed, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Forrest, who've signed a lot of players themselves, yeah. um, some of whom last night were coming on big money, but only really feature off the bench or haven't been picked or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like Emmanuel Dennis wasn't even involved yesterday. To me, that is the key talking point around the Everton is the, is the idea they can kind of defend for quite a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah. but they can't really go forward. And, well, and, and the worrying thing, thing for them is that, yeah, they've only conceded 11, which is uh, one of the fewer um, tallies of, of conceded goals in the league at the moment. Not the best defensive record. They're coming up against the side who have the best defensive record, only conceded nine in the league, mm. Newcastle United, which is impressive from how, because at Bournemouth, his teams, you know, one of the criticisms was that they would they would concede a lot of goals. Whereas at Newcastle, actually, they've tightened up very much so, yeah. and and now they're um, adding uh, goals. Of course, it's very um, difficult to 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 achieve anything. And if if you look at what happened to Everton last season, mm-hmm. you know, if they stay in the Premier League this season, you, you probably take that, yeah. right? Um, I think they'll do slightly better than that personally, but it's very very hard to do that with the amount of goals they're not scoring. It's only really Burnley and Huddersfield Town who had that mad season where they hardly scored any and mm. still stayed up. Yeah. Um, Everton have only got eight and ten. Um, and like you say, mm. Newcastle are pretty miserly at the back. Indeed, I mean, their, yeah. their last two games though, you know, it's Man United and Spurs. You know, so obviously Newcastle are in good form and they are at home. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a test. But I, I don't think you can, we, I don't think we should kind of judge Everton's level by these last two defeats. Okay then, Jim. Well, then we won't. Uh, no, I might. Well, let's finish the show, gentlemen, uh, with one more Premier League game, shall we? Fulham versus Aston Villa on a Thursday night. Oh, what a lovely little treat. Mm. What a thrilling Thursday, Jim. It is. With Arsenal are playing PSV, of course. Yes. But at the cottage... We like to be different. There's going to be a big old Mitrovic show. Um, the pressure <laughs> is on Steven Gerrard, of course, after Villa's 2-1, uh, 2-0 loss to, to Chelsea at the weekend, despite Villa actually playing a little bit better. Um, but there's still huge pressure on him. Um, a, a massive displeasure towards him uh, and, and lots of criticism. Uh, and, and, and it wasn't lost on him. He was aware, uh, or somewhat aware, I would say, because he said, I was aware of all the shouts which came from behind the bench, but I don't think all of them were directed at me from a personal point of view. Yeah, he has said that he's been aware of the chance and stuff. And it's quite rare that a manager acknowledges that, isn't mm. it, when the crowd's getting on top of them. I think, actually, I quite like that honesty from Gerard. But I think he, is... he is trying to front up to this difficult yeah, situation. Yeah, but I think, I think Gerard, and I've said this before, there's a danger of a little bit of the Joe Hart here. Remember when Joe yeah. Hart would make a mistake and he'd always come out and say, you know, I'm man enough to admit the mistake, I'm going to learn from it. And then another error and, and his goalkeeping career, which was very impressive, just a bit about, but he, he obviously kind of, you know, went in the wrong direction. Although nice to see him back in the Champions League. But anyway, um, uh, but but with Gerard, I feel that he he acknowledges all this stuff and talks a very good game. You've got to have the performances and results, and they're just not getting. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there were points that on on Sunday um, when, when they were playing Chelsea, where they they actually created quite a few chances. They looked pretty good. Well, Kepa and, was brilliant. They, yeah, he was. They, they and he's getting younger. Weirdly, um, <laughs> but they um, they. 
to be fair, they they were on top for a bit. They looked like the better team, and yet I was. It never crossed my mind that they might actually win the game. Well, that's the problem. There's a kind of bluntness and, there. And, and I think you know when I talked earlier about the patterns of play going forward, that clearly wasn't an issue against Chelsea. Mm. And you know it took an amazing performance from Kepa to 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 to, to help close that win out for Chelsea. Um, but on on the Gerrard thing, I, I do think that I think the most interesting thing about what he says in response to this stuff mm. is the point he makes. I agree with is that he says when people ask him about the pressure he's under. He's he's almost stopping. He's stopping just short of saying, "I'm Steven Gerrard. Like I've been at the mm. very top of the game yeah. under yeah. immense pressure from the age of about 18, mm-hmm. and it's never going to go away. And I'm kind of used to it." Is what he's been saying mm-hmm. in interviews when he's been asked about for his performances. So I don't think that side of it will affect him. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think if he notices it or he comments on it, I think that's a slightly different point. I don't think it will affect him. But what I do think is, um, the two best performances I've seen from them this season. Uh, with the draw against Man City mm. you know, and the game against Chelsea. Now, they come up against an amazing performance from Kepa. That was the best performance from Kepa I've ever seen um, from him. Um, well, Sam on Twitter said, Luke Moore, I'm expecting a Kepa apology. I haven't forgotten the slander. Well, I, I mean, I'm happy to acknowledge that he played really well and yeah. I think, you know, good on him and, that, and he's showing there. Are you going to apologise to Kepa? You don't need to when it's family. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't I don't understand. I'm happy to apologize. Like, I'm sorry if people are personally offended by me criticizing the goalkeeper that wasn't making any save. If you want me to sorry, say sorry, I will. But is it not part of the job here to say when a player's doing a shit job and when No, doing a you're job? biased against my team. <laughs> so uh, he played brilliantly. I'm not just gonna sit here and go, it's, it's, terrible. it's like, it's like if, if uh, you said a Darvatoro doesn't score enough goals and people went, oh, well, I've, got seen, one last I've night. seen people do that. I've yeah. seen people, it was brilliant. Yeah. It might have been against Fulham actually oh, right. a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. There's yeah. one. It's when they were, he was yeah. being linked to Spurs and people were like, oh no, hey look, you all look silly, don't you? No, yeah. that's proved our point. Opta. Yeah. yeah. You look daft now. You're starving to death. There's a peanut. It's not, it's not going to, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to change anything. Oh, so look, I, I want to make a semi-serious point about this. Yeah. Uh, I talked last week about how managers are going to start to be fired. I predicted one was going to happen last weekend. It mm. of course did because I, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, this, this game against Fulham is massive because they played Brentford at home in the following um weekend yeah uh, sorry this weekend just a few days later um it's very very tough to see where they go if they lose both those mm, games yeah. well, for, this is a real test of Gerard as well wasn't it mm. I, mean, it's, I suppose he's at a point in his career now where the very few things are actually new um but in his managerial career it, this he's not been under this sort of pressure before where things are starting to get a little yeah. bit drab and there, there are noises about oh, him oh. perhaps losing his job so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches trying to turn that around now, this is a bit of a nightmare game in a way like Thursday night under the lights at the cottage metro it all feels a bit full yeah. and wind mm. It. He's been massively back, Gerard. I mean, they've not they've not really progressed to any point beyond the reasons they gave for Dean Smith being fired. And yeah. Dean Smith is obviously well loved, an Aston Villa fan, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So he's he's de- he's definitely coming to that point where he's got to do something soon. And you know what? I'd like to see Marcus, and this will this will perk you up. Then to you, get Grealish back online to, in January. Are you, no, yeah, <laughs> Which maybe. Could happen. Are you going to the game tomorrow night? Oh, big time. So what you'd like for them to do, presumably, mm, beat them. Is go. Well, yeah. Is go. This is a team under pressure. Mm. Let's hit them hard. Let's hit them early. Let's G the crowd up. That's what they'll do. Andres Pereira is really, really good at doing that. Some other players in the Fulham team who love to G the crowd up as well. And make it tough for them. There can be no court to give and there can be no mercy when you're a team like Fulham or you want to stay in the Premier League because Fulham has started really well, but they've started to become a bit patchy. Yeah. And you want to give yeah. this a chance to really turbocharge their season. Up and at them. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. That's put, what it's going to Put your Victoria be. sponge down. No, get them on. And cheer that That's why, The sugar high gets everyone going. That's why you need it. Imagine if someone threw a Victoria sponge in Steven Gerrard's face, Cesc Fabregas, Ferguson star. <laughs> I wouldn't the want... The final insult. L- let's be clear. I wouldn't want that to happen. No. You, the look on your face says that. <laughs> says it all. Um, and if it does, it wasn't me. 
more of a carrot cake man. Although I do like Victoria Sponge as well. I'll have any cake to be honest with you. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have Victoria Sponge above carrot. No. Ah, Jim? do you know as I say that, I'm happy equal equal. Jim, I'd lean towards Victoria Sponge, but you know what? I'd I would. I'd find a way to get a bit of both. Oh, I, yeah, that's it. That's there absolutely it. That's the spirit. Did you just keep the coffee stuff away from me? <laughs> All right, everybody. Tomorrow on uh, the Football Ramble uh, feed, of course, Lars is joining Dotton and Andy for On the Continent. Andy will be, of course, using this opportunity to celebrate his man, Karen Benzema, winning the Ballon d'Or earlier in the week. How about yeah. that? He looked genuinely touched. And yeah. he also looked like a proper French academic as well, yeah. which I love to see. Oh, my goodness. Brassel, yeah. he, he couldn't get enough of it. Um, that's uh, Benzema, not Brassel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on on the continent, we'll also uh, hear an update from Germany via a conversation about Bayer Leverkusen's new manager Xavi Alonso, aka the most attractive man in football, and his ability to steer the black and reds clear of a relegation battle. That's tomorrow on on the continent. Subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Right, everybody, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble part of the Acast Creator Network. Lovely little Brucey bonus on this Wednesday. Yeah, it's been an absolute well pleasure. Well done, Premier League, for an, uh, for, for for scheduling that. Yeah. And uh, and empowering us as a result. Yeah. Thank you very well, much, well, Luke Moore. Do they ever put a foot wrong? <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That one's for Kepper, by the way. See you soon. <laughs> Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.